0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to Pressing
1: Issues. I am Rowan, and I am the ever-loving blue-eyed Joe. Yeah, he is. No, my eyes are actually hazel. Um, your good. mic has dropped. <laughs> my dude, it's all good. We're my, back in touch. My, my brother in Christ. <laughs> Look, we're back in it. This is we're just good?
0: these are the labors of the professional life, That's the professional it. podcasting life. I say, Prickett. You say, say professional, professional, like uh. Don't worry about it. Like Ma- we're professionals? Maybe when this episode releases, we'll have a thriving Patreon. You just said episode. Oh. You're, you're, that one Celta really messed you up. Yeah, <gasps> listeners. We had a couple of (laughs) bevvies beforehand. We had a little bit of time before recording today, so we decided to get a little bit woo
1: (laughs) And Rowan had all of one hard seltzer. Oh, it was a hard one, though. And now he's leaning back, leaning forward toward like, the mic's staying still, he's all over the shop. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Anyway, welcome to Pressing Issues. This is the podcast in which we take two comics, two different runs, two different issues and we press them together and we try to see which one comes out on top yeah um this is our fourth episode and also the first episode we've recording since uh we launched yeah so thanks for th- the support yeah guys. thank you to everyone who's li- just if you wanted to carbon date you know when this episode's recording but th- thank you so much for everyone for listening and for getting in touch and letting us know um you know the superman episode dropped a couple weeks ago and I don't know. It's been it's been fun. It's been like yeah. You guys seem to like weirdly like us.
0: Yeah. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Uh. Hello, mum. Hey, dad. Yeah. Uh, I hope you caught up on this. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, no. Honestly, like it's it's nice to be out in the world. It's uh nice to have a little bit of feedback. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you beautiful darling listeners.
1: And actually, yeah, if you do have any feedback, I'm just going to get straight to this from from the top. If you have any feedback, let us know. Yeah. Hit us up on our socials or leave a comment on our... on The podcast is available everywhere, so... Yeah. Wherever you can stream podcasts, maybe just like head down to the comment section. Yeah, and, and if it's like, not on your little... podcatcher... Yeah. What are you let doing? Let me know. You nearly swore at them. <laughs> you were about to... But podcast, you did it. baby. PG podcast. Sorry. guys. he's hit about. his mic. Now he's popping catchers, not in front of it. Um, anyway, we're a little loopy tonight. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. Um. And we are filled with confidence. Just, at, yeah. The liquid and actual Liquid and actual. Because we're in the real world. But anyway, enough of our bullshit. Mm. Let's get into our actual bullshit. Mm. Um. Today, we're moving our first three episodes all about DC. We covered the Trinity, mm-hmm. and now we're moving into the next kind of phase of it. This is our mini, our first mini series is Origins and Entry Points. Yeah, and we're heading across town, we're heading over to one of the, the next one in the big two. Yeah, so we're embarking from the
0: distinguished competition. Yeah, nice to the world outside your window. Yeah, enough said
1: Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics. Um, Baby. and we thought, yeah, and we thought, what better way to begin with Marvel Comics than. To begin with Marvel's first family. That doesn't have a movie in the MCU. Yet. Coming out though. Yeah, it's coming. John Watts. Ugh.
0: I forgot that was the director. That's yeah, kind of no. crazy.
1: Rob Peyton Reed Peyton Reed should have been doing. He's wanted to do a Fantastic Four movie forever. Sorry, dude. But he's stuck on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Quantumania. Well... <laughs> I peaked then. I just I felt I felt it <laughs> peak just then. Just um, yeah, so we're 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 hitting up the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. So but a little bit of pretext into what we're going to be talking about today in terms of the the idea behind the origins and the entry points
1: yeah, we're playing it a little looser a little looser on the theme this week.
0: not looser, I think it still wraps within the theme, but it's it's a different take whereas d c kind of approach their approach with their heroes is a little bit more like mythic kind of Greek god like Superman is a very Greek god type of figure. Wonder Woman and Batman kind of have that.
1: They also just... They they love hitting the reset button.
0: Yeah. So they're kind of
1: digging into
0: their origins on the origin side of entry points more than Marvel are. Whereas, as I said, Marvel is the world outside your window. Mm. The ongoing world outside your window. Where they don't really hit the reset button. They'll show you the origin, but only once. They're more interested in kind of easing you to how
1: the world is at that point yeah they're more yeah they like you know it it works with the theme it's it's an entry point they like giving readers brand new entry points where they'll give a soft kind of little introduction to the characters again but the the continuity the like 60 years of continuity will still be there oh yeah and they'll dig into it the 60
0: is compressed into like 20 Actual years
1: in yeah. continuity. Don't Something worry like about that. it. You don't need it, to worry about uh, it. If you get, if you try to dig into like how the years exist in, and like how some characters grow and others don't, like the sliding times. How going. Robin turned into Nightwing, but Batman doesn't age. You know, you just <laughs> get a little bit. You can actually go insane. <laughs> And what, just, what
0: you've got to understand is that characters get to the age like 35 need, to 40 and then yeah. they, they, <laughs> they never go beyond there. that. Yeah. 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 You're never going to
1: see a 65 year old hero. Actually, maybe what, isn't like Wildcat. He's got to be like most of the JSA for yeah. a while were like. It's like different. They were from the DC a- aging hero- heroes. But, but we but no, very much digress. Yeah. No, but like in terms of Marvel, you're never going to see an aging hero. No, absolutely no, 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 no. not. They're, they're, they're ageist. They like to stick with the youngins. Yeah. Because they're hip and young. They are hip and young. You know Marvel movies? You know Marvel movies? They're pretty popular. You might have have seen one or two. Yeah. Do you ever think it's weird? My. um, So, you know, just on a tangent really quickly Endgame made, you know, two point something billion dollars. An absurd amount of money. An absurd amount of money. I love that I know several people that didn't see it. I love that I know people that are like, no, I didn't see that. And you're like, how on earth did you not (laughs) see that? How. This movie made more money than God, and you didn't see it. Like, I find that incredible. Yeah, I'm like. A, Meanwhile, like a, I saw look, it like five a, times.
0: I, I had a good time watching Endgame, but I'm a little bit jealous <laughs>
1: of people who didn't watch it.
0: Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aren't fully connected to the superhero movie drip, like. I'm. Oh yeah, that is.
1: Uh, that's a really good way of putting it. I'm watching Moon Knight. I think currently because I feel like I have to. Yeah. Because Moon I feel Knight like
2: I'll be
0: wrapped by the time this episode's dropped, but. Boy, we are in the thick of it. Yeah, it
1: it will. And I it will be long forgotten. (laughs) My I think my aim for this podcast is to like piss off as many kind of like comment warriors as I can. (laughs) And I really I know that like last last episode I went hard on not liking the Batman movie. Which is gonna piss people off. Yeah. And my new one is not afraid to say it. Guys, I'm out here taking Taking leaps. Yeah. They call know. him
0: they call him Joe Big Swinger Brown for a reason.
1: I'm like <laughs> Rowan Big Sipper Grover.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one just there. Yeah, um,
1: yes, yeah, so I am I am one hundred percent on the Marvel The Drip. The, the drip. Yeah. It's it's I watch it and my girlfriend will come out and watch me watching it and she'll be like, You don't look happy watching this and I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm doing it though. <laughs> when I when I watched
0: the first episode of Moon Knight, my housemate was in the same room, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna watch this bonkers ass Marvel show," uh, with Oscar Isaac in it doing a weirded British accent. And she was like, "Okay," and kind of stayed there for like two minutes, and then went back to her room. And I was like, "You know what?
1: Fair call. That's fair. Fair call. Yeah. <laughs> I think what what annoys me though is like it's not bonkers. It's like extremely non-bonkers. Yeah." In terms of like, realistically, you're like yeah, this is... oh the movie, the the show, yeah, no, yeah. it is a very tame TV show. It's extremely tame, but it's like, whoa, isn't this crazy? This guy has three personalities, and I'm yeah. like, <laughs> all right, cool. The newest thing that I keep <laughs> seeing on the um, on the internet is everyone reposting that video from the latest episode. Oh, you haven't seen the latest episode yet, have you? No. Oh, well, there's a bit where like don't spoil it for the listeners. will be f- the show has been and gone. Um, there's a bit where he move, he turns from Mark Spector to Stephen Grant and the camera stays on him. And so he has to go from being like, all right, Stephen, you're in. And then he goes, all right, thanks, Matt. Oof. And like, you know, everyone's like, what an amazing piece of acting. I'm like, he didn't. Okay. Oh. You, this, all right. This is not what these people signed up to do. <laughs> yeah. <with> good acting.
0: <laughs> yeah. They signed up to get big money.
1: I was like, I can guarantee you this was not a stretch for this act, <laughs> for Oscar <laughs> Isaac to do that. This was not some sort of like deeply method thing that he had to be like oh, I have to find it. You know, he just did it. He just changed his accent in one take yeah. and everyone was like, ah oh, <laughs> cover. Holy moly. In my head. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fantastic four. Extreme digression. We're talking <laughs> about the Fantastic shit. Four tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they're Marvel's first family. They'll the the beginning of the Marvel superhero universe and the Earth six one six, if you mm-hmm. want to get into it. World's greatest magazine. That yeah, well, the, we was... don't like as much as we'll bitch on the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. We're talking about the Earth one, Earth six one six. Yeah, Earth designate six one six, which is your Marvel Comics Earth. main continuity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what don't... is what is the MCU designated as? Some bullshit. Let's look it up while you talk.
0: Anyway. First Family debuted in 1961. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really kind of brought Marvel back from, like, a financial, just, like, nothing. Like, they were, that... they were treading water that on, is like, like, horror comics and cowboy comics. Yeah.
1: But that's such the story of Marvel. Yeah. Is, like, they will be like, we're on top of the world. And then a, a decade later, they're like, oh, my God, we're <laughs> about to go under. <laughs> What have we done? What have we done? <laughs> and like it, it happens. You know, it happened then. Yeah. You know, it happened again in like the seventies. Yeah, that's the cyclical nature. It's the cyclical nature, it is the of, cyclical trans. nature of 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 but, like of everything. But mostly them. <laughs> and then like yeah. the biggest one was they were, you know, basically completely bankrupt. They in sold the out. They <laughs> sold all of their character um rights. And now they're the biggest. It's just funny to think, like now they're the biggest kind of media yeah. corporation. Oh, it's insane. Like I'm he- like helped by the fact that they're backed by you know the actual largest, the largest evil media corporation, <laughs> the actual largest media corporation. Yeah. Um. But but no, this is a trend you'll see, uh, time and time again, With is that Marvel, Marvel, Marvel will be suffering from a low sales, and they'll throw a hail mary. Yeah, and this hail mary was from Stanley and Jack Kirby in yeah. the form of like a family, the world's greatest comic book
0: magazine. Yeah. they put that on issue one. They were like, "All right, we're gonna do it. We're yeah. making the best comic
1: in the world." They're making, they're doing it, and they're like, and they did, and they did. They're really good. They're a fun family <laughs> that bicker and like go yeah. on adventures. Yeah, so it's, they, they like. There's something about the Fantastic Four that is just extremely pure. Yeah you know they are they are not devoid they are devoid completely of of like negativity
0: yeah and i think kind of the perception and the way that some writers get them wrong is that they are a functional family which they're not actually
1: No, but they are as, like... But
0: they're they're a good family. Yeah, they're a good
1: family. They're as functional as any family. Yeah,
0: and, like, when writers get that and they kind of see the gears kind of chugging every now and then, Mm. that's when the Fantastic Four really shines. But you can see the kind of genuinity in every character.
1: Yeah. But I think this is... They are i I'm kind of thinking in terms of, like, Cross media now. Yeah, they suffer the same thing that Superman does that we talked about. Yeah, right. In that there isn't a snarky version of like you can't do a, a, you know, a sneering. You can't be like,
0: oh, family's lame. We're yeah, science heroes.
1: Yeah, you if if you're gonna do Fantastic Four, you have to think science is cool. Yeah, you have to think <laughs> hanging out with your family is
0: pretty cool. Yeah, you have to be like this main character is a science guy and a wife guy. Who called himself Mr. Fantastic, Fantastic.
1: <laughs> He was like, "I can do it all, yeah, so that's like that is why, and we always come back to these movies because everything we ever talk about on this podcast will eventually come back to either a successful or a failed movie as well, mm. but that's why they haven't been been able to be done so far. yeah, we had the two thousand and five with Jessica Alba and a good a good casting <laughs> secretly good casting. I think <laughs> Jessica should, Alba,
0: if they bring her back don't like as her age now, are you reckon like she's going to come back on like in like Multiverse of Madness? God, I really hope that she doesn't. But uh, it like she's kind of at the perfect age to be like badass Sue Storm.
1: She's all wrong for it, but anyway, it, it's fine. But anyway, they had that. They had that one um, with you know famously had Chris Evans as the Human Torch, and it. I think what it tried to do, like it, it tried to be a. A genuine like no, this is what like they it was a bit like it was high jinxy and it was a little silly, yeah, and everyone was like, the fuck is this, yeah, and then they doubled down and made a second one, yeah with was... cloud galactus that was the that, that, that one was that one was bad
0: i I think those movies are entertaining, but they are like as artifacts of their time,
1: totally absolutely,
0: but they are they are objectively bad i I like a lot of things that are. Entertaining, but objectively.
1: Oh, bad. absolutely! I think as a curio, they're pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, but then, but then in 2013, so the same years that we're getting kind of dark and gritty. 2015, I think. No, 2013.
0: The the reboot.
1: Yeah. No, no, you're right. Sorry, you are right. So in a, so that we get a dark and gritty reboot from Josh Trank, famously meddled with by Fox. You F- know, famously F4. reshot, called F4. With, you know, mm. um, Miles Teller as Mr. Fantastic and Michael My- B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is, Michael is B. in Jordan, that movie. Who is, I think, is dialed in, personally. I think he's yeah. giving a good performance. I have never I think, seen that movie. I think the I think all the cast do their best, but just, like, everything about that movie was doomed from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And it went so bad. It did so badly that, like, Fox, I'm pretty sure, were happy to see the back end of it. Like, yeah. they were happy to see this. Fucking cursed uh, franchise, go back to Marvel, and now you know. F- at some point in the near future, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a new um, new one from the Spider-Man director from yeah, old John Watts himself, and which
0: sh- will be perfectly fine, I'm sure.
1: It will be average. He is an average director.
0: <laughs> I have my thoughts. Um, but yeah, Fantastic Four. The gist, if you don't know. Uh, a bunch of scientists, some, some scientists, some, it depends on the origin, but basically like friends, a bunch of friends. Some of them are scientists.
1: Kind of like two scientists, one brother and one guy who's like- One disgruntled pilot. One disgruntled pilot who's (laughs) just like, I like you folks. Like, I'm going to stick around. Yeah. Uh, they decide to,
0: because of the heavy ego of one Mr. Fantastic, Mm. they decide to shoot off into space. Unfortunately, at the time where they crossed paths with Cosmic Rays. Cosmic ray.
1: <laughs> Back in the days when you could just be like, yeah, it's Cosmic Rays. And everyone was like, oh, of course. Yeah. You and know, that's Out why- in space, there's Cosmic Rays. And that's why you don't really need to touch on the origin that much. No. As long as
0: you nail the character aspects that Rigid has an ego. That thing is like not super sciencey, but he's lovable. Yeah um then yeah uh, johnny's you can a fuck boy ju- <laughs> he is and it's great mm, love him we love to um see him. basically yeah they run into these cosmic rays and they get powers and then they're the fantastic cult. that's mm. really it
1: and then i think the biggest thing about like heading when they were heading into modern comics and i think something that both works for them and against them for them in terms of like people who love them double down and they love this about mm. them and against them in terms of Approaching them to a wider audience. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Is that they're adventurers. Yeah. They're not... They are superheroes, but their focus is adventures. They yeah. explore. They go to different dimensions. They go to all these crazy places. And they're not combat-based. They're not... They've got really fun villains, but they're not in... Like, they're not out looking for vengeance. They're no. not out to try and prove they're worth, like Spider-Man, but they are just like, hey, we love the idea that we could just go anywhere and do fun stuff.
0: Yeah, they're, they're the guys who are like, we live in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. This place is insane. This place has so it much it cool shit. Yeah, literally. And like, even their powers as like superheroes often take a back seat. Like, mm. y- you barely ever see a story where the main struggle is Reed stretching to punch a guy in the face.
1: No, mo- mostly he's stretching to like, write down an equation. Yeah. <laughs> To grab a science thing. To gun. grab a science thing. Yeah. <laughs> to pour some beakers into other beakers. Yeah. And oh. then
0: so you get this kind of explorer aspect of checking out this weird and wild universe balanced with these family antics. Mm. And it is, yeah, it's as you said, it is kind of it's not really broad appeal as as in the way that the Avengers might be or Spider Man is. Yeah.
1: And then, it, like, and then when
0: you when you can embrace the concept, then you're when you're on the ride, you're on the ride.
1: Absolutely. And I think one thing that connects them to their own, to Marvel, you know, like you said, like DC, they're mythic, they're gods, they're mm. all this crazy stuff. Whereas Marvel has always been like, no, we're science based. We're technology based. Like, Yeah. Their characters Even magic are... is science. Yeah. Everything can be explained away in yeah. some sort of science. And that's kind of where they sit as well in terms of like, the heroes that you love in Marvel are the smartest people in the world. They're there to like answer all the world's problems, not through brute force, but through like sheer force of will and intelligence. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we should probably talk about what comics we're going to talk about today. Yeah.
0: So, what do you got
1: for it? What, Rowan? (laughs) Rowan, what do you got for us? Well, Joe, I'm glad you asked.
0: (laughs) Uh, No doubt, I will have released a delightful infographic that I have not yet drawn. Cannot wait. Uh, but so we are covering uh, the 1998 reboot. I think it's the first new number one, six, the 1963. Uh, actually, no, there is there there is a brief interlude in which Jim Lee and the image folks, don't worry
1: about it. Look, I'm not we'll even going to talk about it. We'll get into it at some <laughs> point. We'll get into it actually. Actually, no, we'll get into it next episode. Sure. No, we will because we already talked about it. We, yeah. were, we are going to do it.
0: Yeah, okay. Um but so this is the 1998 the first kind of big reboot of the series. It's coming off a it's literally coming off Marvel's bankrupt period where yeah. they're like, "All right, we're going to kind of go back to basics a little bit. Like the 90s was a period of excess. Let's go back to what we do best, which is kind of delightful adventure." And the other comic we'll be looking at is uh it's the it's 2000 and Eight or
1: 2009. Ah, we should have done our research!
0: Um... Uh, but, but it's, it's the Fantastic Four issues, 570 to 572. And though that sounds like you might need 569 issues to catch up on, it's a, it's a good little entry entry point because it's the debut of writer Jonathan Hickman.
1: Yes, it is. Um... I can't seem to find I, it.
0: I think it's 2008 or 2009. Yeah, I'm
1: sure it is. I'm almost... It's 2009. 2009 um, there we
0: go. We've done our research. Well,
1: call us the researchers. All right? Because we're doing our research.
0: We're not pressing issues anymore.
1: We're, we're the researchers. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. Point, not I was a terrible logo. student. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so like always, oh, should we start with the older one? That seems to be what we're doing. Yeah. This will be the first 90s comics we've covered.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. We kind of skipped over that decade.
1: We did. The closest we got was um, Birthright yeah. in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah. Which kind of has the energy of a late 90s comic.
1: It's got more of an energy. It's got more of a 90s vibe than this one does. Yeah. This So the 90s, notoriously tough time for comics. Yeah, because they, they
0: went really hard in the first like two or three years. Mm. And then they kind of collapsed.
1: They did, but it was also a time when the cool guys of comics branched out. like
0: Yeah, that was when you had, like, superstars of comics.
1: You did. You had Jim Lee. You had in, Lee Feld, In terms of creators. And they knew that they were the superstars. And so they told DC and Marvel to go and fuck themselves. Yeah. And they started Image Comics. So, like, the idea of Marvel and DC was starting to dip. Yeah. They
0: were they were your mum and dad's comics, basically. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, yeah. and it's, hard, it's funny to think about Jim Lee being, like, this cool revolutionary because now you see him post on Instagram he's like this like doting dad and <laughs> he's this, like watch me play video games." yeah he's like I'm like I'm a 50 fun. year old man yeah <laughs> but so they not, were the not cool not that you can't play video games no terms. totally anyone can play video games at all times um so it was a tough time for comics and I think it was an even tougher time to try and relaunch a Fantastic Four series yeah that was which you had notoriously... to really sorry you go no please please Rowan
0: you had to uh, recapture a lot of goodwill
1: absolutely because, um,
0: yeah, as we said, these were your mum and dad's comics by this time,
1: and so they they went to a man who has some troubling elements, and we discussed this at the beginning, and I, we we realised that if we're going to keep going with this podcast, we will have uh, to look at we're going to have to look at some, have look at who some
0: yeah have uh, cancelable
1: issues,
0: yeah, not yeah. pressing ones, not pressing. Uh, ones so we're cancelable. talking about uh, the run is written by Scott Lobdell uh who did a lot of X-Men quite good X-Men comics in yeah. the nineties. Kinda like the X-Men animated series kind of built off his X-Men run a bit in the nineties, I would say. So if you've seen that And
1: he's famously on Generation X, which was like the most nineties of kind of X-Men yeah, yeah. comics and
0: he 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 kinda had that like balanced nineties excess with the endearing, genuine delightfulness of marvel comics of old i guess totally
1: but he was also like he was in charge of you know or well, he was one of the forces behind like age of age of apocalypse yeah he's and big... onslaught and all these kind of like back in the days before marvel did an event every year he was the kind of like what if there was a big event yeah um, he's a
0: monumental guy he's like quite in touch with his continuity
1: yeah, and he was also across every... He was basically across every title in Marvel. Yeah. He was one of those guys They would throw him in... It was him and Claremont... Yeah. ...with these kind of, like, two mainstays.
0: Well, Claremont had kind of... He had kind of left mainstream comics by this mm. point. but So he's kind of picking up from where that left That's off, right, yeah. I suppose. Um, But anyway, so he's the writer. Alan Davis, who is a big industry legend, kind of an artist's artist by this point, is the artist... Yeah. Uh, we've got inks from Mark Farmer, who's, uh, I think a pretty common collaborator of Alan Davis. Um, colors by the company Liquid, hey. who I think is just a whole bunch of comics colorists who just couldn't get jobs individually. I couldn't find an individual credit. And, uh, Back in the
1: day, they were probably like, Marvel was like, fucking hell, we need to get these things out
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. And then these guys had Photoshop version one. Yeah, they were just like, click. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, let's fill this in. This is blue now. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, lettered by Richard Starkings, who is another big industry letter at this time.
1: So, I was actually having, I have a lot of thoughts about the lettering in, um, this comic, because I think it fucking rules. Particularly, I really enjoy that the thing gets his own lettering. And he's got that kind of like... It's chunky. It's chunky. And actually, <laughs> when I read the Hickman run, I was like, where'd the chunky font go? Yeah. I was like, how am I supposed to know that this is the thing this is Benjamin Grimm talking? How can I hear his gravelly voice in my head? Like between that and then like um Johnny Storm when he's got hit when he's flamed on and his his uh his speech is all red and fiery and I'm like, God, this is so fucking cool. That's cool. <laughs> and that's like a very nineties thing
0: as well, yeah. where they would have these quite individually styled world balloons. Sometimes to too much excess, I would say.
1: I was into it. I think it,
0: like... It's cool, but it's like, what is that supposed to sound like sometimes? Like, totally. But sometimes think... when they have, like, black word balloons with white text. Uh, I'm like, what does that sound like? I fucking love that.
1: I love... hate you. I love when the word <laughs> balloon drips. Yeah. Like they've drawn it so it's dripping, and I just know what that fucking sounds like. And you're like, yeah, that sounds real fucking. (laughs) No. The reason I think that encapsulates everything I really enjoyed about this comic in that it is sincerely goofy. Yeah, it is. It's incredibly understanding of what it is. And it's a lot of fun. And it it understands all the characters. Much fun. Yeah. It does understand all the characters. Both of these comics do Sue Storm dirty. Yeah, and I have a sneaking suspicion. I haven't read a whole bunch of Fantastic Four. I have the sneaking suspicion that Sue Storm is done dirty for a large majority of yeah. these comics.
0: Yeah, if you want to go back and read those Stanley and Jack Kirby comics, oh yeah, I'm sure dirty. they're very reasonable. <laughs> those are 1960s yeah, yeah. <laughs> comics. Uh,
1: but um, yeah, I really thought this was so much fun, yeah. and like it. Absolutely, it bristled with this energy that I don't think you can get these days as much. No, because it's
0: it's both genuine and like self jabbing a little bit. Yeah, because the, like the background of this is it's coming off the the imageification of Marvel comics, which is basically when the the superstars of comics took these characters and tried to reboot in a way to make them modern and edgy and it just went straight down the toilet yeah and it was a classic so many times in this
1: comic they, <laughs> that, that they, they trash that. it. they trash it absolutely yeah. and it's so weird because like you know Marvel are always trying to do these gimmicks mm. where they're just like holy shit we just need to like need to get sales up what's hot let's get Jim Lee back let's get Lee Field back they can do whatever mm. the fuck they want and then comes back, they don't like what they do, Yeah. and then they explain it away by saying that Franklin um, Richards put them all in a pocket dimension, and then everything's back to normal now, and you're just like... Oh, it's Marvel Comics bullshit, and it's... <laughs> it's Marvel Comics editorial, which has just, like, notoriously not... Un- like, has always been shit, basically. Yeah.
0: So this uh, is another character that we haven't really touched on. Uh, the, the child, the baby of the Fantastic Franklin! Four. Franklin Richards, he's who... A cute little precocious child. He's a sweet young thing, but he's also basically omnipotent.
1: Yeah. He's like an Omega level something.
0: Yeah. He can just control everything. Yeah, he's... Like, yeah. literally, that is his power. Because the rationale, I think, is like, well, his parents are Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. He should just be unbelievably powerful. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, that, that's something Hickman really gets into Oh yeah. in his later run, but we'll get to that. But let's talk about the plot of this of this series. This is kind of going back to basics a bit for Marvel
0: because there's no real overarching arc. This is episodic. Yeah, and, and it's I fun.
1: love it. Absolutely. Count me the fuck into that. It's so much fun to just read, you know, 30 pages of and then an put adventure. It down and never worry about it again. Yeah, And, you know, there are things that, like, maybe... Like threads that are maybe put up that, that get resolved, but like for the most part, this first issue is about a brand new um, the ruins, yeah. And there are brand new villains, yeah. So, I think what so it actually opens with Lobdell being super cheeky, and oh, it opens with it opens with the opening. mole man, <laughs> yeah. mole man has always been the kind of goofiest Fantastic Four villain. And he opens with it by and he's in Fantastic Four number one, he's the number one villain, he's the number one villain, and Lobdell opens with.
0: If, if, you've seen, mole Man, if you've seen the Incredibles and you've seen the stinger at the end of the Incredibles,
1: with and the, the beginning, Undertaker, and and the beginning of Incredibles too, uh, this that's this guy. Yeah, the Undertaker. Undertaker. <laughs> but he's the Mole Man. Yeah, but he's the Mole Man, and it's funny he he has a dominion of um moloids, and they're kind of like unspeaking
0: little little, little yellow mole people. Yeah, little it's
1: creatures. Maybe a little bit racist. Oh, extremely. Um. <laughs> In that way that 90s comics were. Uh, But they're about to attack the servers, and he finds out the Fantastic Four have returned, and he instantly decides not to do that. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) It's really fun, and like I said, it just, like, it comes charging him with this energy that is genuinely infectious. Yeah. Because you just kind of, like, yeah, count me the fuck in. Yeah.
0: And it doesn't even really start with them facing a threat. It's just them in the South Pole doing sciencey stuff. Yeah. It's like Reed Reed doing a sciencey thing. Sue yeah, Sue is done a little bit dirty because she just she's, is there.
1: Yeah, she's always sidelined and been like, look after Franklin. Yeah. While Johnny and Ben have just like delightful banter. Delightful banter. That only two best friends who I think secretly either I think like there is a queer subtext that you could read mm. in their friendship sometimes. And I think that's a reach, but I think it's funny. And you know. I, I I get where you're coming from, and I'm uh,
0: I, you know I'm down for queer reads and <laughs> literally everything. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, I I agree. There's That's... A, there's a queer read for Benjamin Grimm, absolutely. Yeah,
0: he's a rock and monster Johnny that won't Stone. let people in. Yeah, he's uh he's Marvel's original emo boy, big time. Um, but yeah, and I think Scott Lobdell here kind of understands one big crux of the Fantastic Four is. These guys and their dynamic and their mm. banter, they do have like a little bit of an antagonistic relationship, but it's, there's always a bit of like, yeah, but I love you. Yeah. I love you, dude.
1: It's like, ah, it- oh, you make me so mad. Yeah. Oh,
0: you. Maybe the second reference to this I've made on the podcast, but it's like, it's very like jackass humor. Yeah. It's like,
1: ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to fuck with you. Ah, oh, but I love you, dude. Like, yeah. We're best friends. Yeah. Oh, family forever. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, to quote a kind of, like, you know, teen-speak thing, Lobdell definitely understood the assignment. You know? The assignment was to bring them back to what made them them. Okay, Dad. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the kids are saying. Yeah, you do. Um, They did, like... Image came and imageified it, and then Lobdell came in and he marvelled at it again. Like, yeah,
0: like yeah, there's literal points in this comic where I think Johnny Storm at one stage is like, yeah, they're doing up the Fantasticar. Great name. Great name. Um, and Johnny. A classic Storm's- name. Oh, it's a classic name, and it's also kind of tied to Reed's ego a bit, where yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm Mister Fantastic. Of course, I have a Fantasticar. But uh, Johnny Storm's like, oh man, can't we like make this car a little bit more '90s looking? <laughs> Back when that was, like... Modern. That meant modern
1: and not, like, horrifically outdated. Yeah.
0: And Reed's like, no, go to the classics. The classics are good.
1: Yeah. The classics for a reason. Why change things that aren't, like... Yeah, (laughs) he literally says that, yeah. And it's such a weird dig at themselves. Like They
0: released this, like...
1: They did The image stuff,
0: they did it, like, months before. They were not letting it sit. They were like, no, that was bad. Oh, Jesus. It's hilarious.
1: Anyway, so... They go off and, you know, basically the ruined... It's a classic kind of villain thing. Someone cracks a door somewhere and a- allows these villains to escape. They take over a bunch of bodies. Yeah, that's and like... And they're trying to, like... Archaeological
0: overtones. Like, kind of yeah. eco-terrorist themes. It's like... It's not deep. No. At but... one point,
1: Tintin turns up. Do you notice that? <laughs> yeah. A guy turns up and someone says, Hey, Frenchie. And he turns and says, I'm Belgian, by the way. Oh, oh yeah! I did not pick up on that. that and then I, I thought just on visuals. No, no, that's, no. that's fine. He says I'm Belgian, and then they're like, "Cool, thanks." And then he leaves, and I was like, "The fuck was that? <laughs> Where'd you come from?" But anyway, so they all fight, and it's all good. It's just like a perfect, yeah, thirty-five page. Yeah, and this
0: is like some good, good Alan Davis art as well. Yeah, this is like he's he's a kind of. Building on that classic, like Jack Kirby, like chunky
1: style, but with a lot more smooth modern edges. Yeah, I actually noticed I was like, I was interested because I was reading it thinking that it actually looked a lot more kind of like mid 2000s than it yeah. did mid 90s. I think he managed to actually avoid a lot of the trappings that the 90s were kind of known for. Yeah. In terms of their art styles, it did, like, it was quite classic. It, like you said, yeah, it was quite smooth. There wasn't like, yeah, and I think that's with Mark Farmer's inks
0: as well. Yeah, who I think is a frequent collaborator of his. But yeah, it has it has kind of like a big cinematic feel, mm. which I think is something that Alan Davis adopted around this time. But yeah, with that kind of classicness, classic Marvel House
1: style a bit. I feel. Yeah, they gave Ben. Um, they gave the thing like his like wrestler's outfit. you know? Sometimes he has just the shorts, and then other times he has. Like a like a a singlet type thing on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he gave yeah. him the singlet type thing. and I was like, you look funny. <laughs> what a funny looking guy. You gotta anyway, stick with just the trunks. You gotta stick with just the trunks. Exactly. Don't. Why? Give the people what they want. It's like when and they put a... armor on the Hulk. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. I want to see that green boy. <laughs> um, talking about queer undertones. Um. <laughs> That's that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's
0: this podcast, but it's in the future. Anyway. Uh yeah, We're so they loopy. fight <laughs> they, they fight The Ruined. Uh there's a there's a young student who is coerced by the Ruined into joining their cult mm. who gets a weird costume redesign.
1: Yeah, she gets a very she gets a very nineties female costume there in that there's not they a lot of like,
0: it. It feels like Conan the Barbarian and, like, Barbarella.
1: Yeah, with a little bit of Xena in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But it's... You know, for as much as I just kind of, like, lauded this um, Davy style, he also falls into the 90s trappings of, like, <laughs> anytime he can draw some boobs... Oh, man. You better believe he's gonna draw them fucking boobs! <laughs> Not really, like... Realistic looking. No, by <laughs> any stretch of, like. When have you ever uh, seen realistic boobs <laughs> in a comic? What are you talking about? I know, about? but like
0: Alan Davis is a like a good artist and like generally has good anatomy. But oh man, no,
1: that's what I that's what I mean. Like when in terms of Sue Storm, gets it dirty like they give she's given like this incredibly strange hourglass figure and then been like go stand in that corner. Yeah, go stand over there, and she does awful. Anyway, but, but then the second issue, yeah, she fights a guy. It's it's kind of sculpted around
0: her, where she's the only person who can see this villain, the mm. Iconoclast. Iconoclast.
1: Uh, a villain who will never pop up ever again. Is, that, is he one and done?
0: <laughs> as far as I know, I've never heard of
1: him before. No, he'll absolutely- that's like- that's set up for well, a like few. they seeded it, but I, I can't see him like
0: once they resolve that, I can't see him ever coming back. Oh God, no! But like <laughs> he's
1: coming back in this run, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll read ahead. I'll, I'll keep going. So, don't really know what his deal is. Like,
0: he has a cool Alan Davis design.
1: And like, he speaks, in, he speaks really... in like that crazy alien, like where it's like. Slightly broken English, but like alien broken English.
0: Yeah, like kind of tenses
1: a bit wrong and
0: yeah, weirdly appropriated like medieval speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, Alan Davis in character design has some real high highs and some real high low lows. I think.
1: Oh yeah, what's I, your, what's your low low? Uh, I I don't know. I I I didn't
0: really like that Barbarella boob costume. Yeah, and uh. So, like, some of the ruined really cool. There was, like, a kind of bulky steel, plastic dude. But then there's a guy who just has a really big head.
1: Yeah. He kind of looks like that um, villain from Green Lantern. Yeah. What's his name? Whoa. Egghead? I no. don't know. No, it's not that.
0: We're bad, bad nerds, though. We are. We're getting our nerd card revoked <laughs> for this one. But, um, yeah, so she fights the, icon- the Iconoclast, and... um. Interestingly, this comic doesn't fall into the trope of all the support cast being like, oh, we don't believe that you're fighting a villain. Like, yeah. all of the family are like, yeah, of course, we believe you, we support you.
1: Yeah. Well, they see your sister, they, you know, they see Susan, they're like, well, it's gonna be fighting something. Yeah. She wouldn't be doing this on her own. Yeah. That's
0: insane. Yeah, which is good. Like, kind of skip cuts the preamble a bit and like gets straight into
1: it, which I appreciate. Well, I think it's like the first few issues of this run. You need to establish them as a team again, like there's absolutely no point in seeding kind of like interior issues. I think that's a really good point um
0: and I think yeah, that is exactly what Loverdede's doing, and it it shows
1: yeah but the like the comic is full of little like you know tiny little nods to the rest of the universe, and just like little yeah just it's. It's like I, I keeps going back. It's just so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's a Marvel comic in the best way. It, like, yeah, it's in the in the same way that like watching a Marvel movie nowadays can be quite tiring, but the Marvel comics do it with these little nods to everything else. But it, it just feels better. Mm. I think it's because it's serialized way more often. It's not like a big movie event. It's just like yeah, it's just a day in the life.
1: Yeah, like the third issue is them being like, oh, we've got to go to this New Year's Eve party. Yeah, but also. The mega apes are, are loose. We've got to go fight them. <laughs> uh, I like that
0: uh, right at the start of the issue, they're like, they're getting ready to go to the party, and Reed's like, yeah, I'll be with you a minute. I'm just doing a science thing. Yeah. And they're like, okay, please be on time. And he's like, when have I ever not been on time? And they're like, literally always. And he's like, oh, well,
1: I won't be this time. <laughs> but he is not. It's... Reed is such an interesting character, and I think we'll talk way more about him in the next in the Hickman run. Absolutely, but it's like it's almost like to the to um, Marvel's detriment sometimes with their like, you know, that all of their major heroes are the smartest people alive. Mm. It's it's almost like the the Superman issue. Like if you're so smart, like they can figure out. Everything. Yeah. And it's why, like... I remember when... um Slot took over Spider-Man. Yeah. And gave him, like, that... Lab, like, he was like... No, he works at Horizon Labs now and he's, like, got all his resources. I'm like, that's... That's not Spider-Man. That's so boring. Yeah. He's got it's to like, struggle. He's yeah, gotta he's got like... to have his back against the wall somehow. Yeah. And I guess, like... I think sometimes... You know, Higman does this well and we'll, like you know we may as well get into it in a minute. but like the way Reed has his back against the wall is that he's that it's his humanity that is, yeah, he's him so back.
0: smart but he he like, yeah, he's always a little bit got a little bit of a tenuous grasp on the connection with his with the rest of his family,
1: totally. And the thing that's stopping him from being kind of the the absolute best version of himself is his humanity. yeah, it's the fact that he knows like, I can't actually cross that line,
0: yeah. Like because yeah. I love my darling wife and child. Yeah, and my good friend Ben and my. But I think they're friend, I th- my associate. John. Yeah,
1: I think Reed is kind of the most interesting when they deal with that. Like in terms of, I think it's Civil War where he where he goes like, "Fuck, I've accidentally created a negative zone prison." Yeah, and like and he, a carceral state, a interdimensional a carceral state Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and like because. And someone's like, how could you think of that? And he's like, I think of everything. Yeah. I'm never Which not- Which gets explored to the nth degree in
0: Hickman's run. Yeah.
1: He's always like, everything is an option for me. Yeah. And like- His brain's always ticking. That's it's always ticking. interesting. And it must be just like, I couldn't even imagine how fucking hard that would be to write.
0: Yeah. Like, what a nightmare. Yeah. Like, ugh. And there's like, they, they do it for kind of comedic element a bit as- Every now and then, as well, like Lobdell does it, where they'll he'll block a big dialogue bubble where reads like ex- over-explaining something, and Johnny will be like, "Can you explain in that English, in English, please?" <laughs> Which is like, it's you're silly, big fucking
1: nerd. <laughs> it's silly, but it's good as well. Like, yeah, and uh, it always is like hit that thing. Yeah. Well, Why didn't you just say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very
0: of its time, but it's fun. Like, mm. if you're in, if you're reading this comic and you're like. Im-
1: embracing and you're in the thick of it and they do that and you're like yeah i buy it yeah i like it's in the same way that like they find he finds natural ways for um the two main catchphrases that like when like a a, a hot supermodel says to johnny storm that's i like that bit can you say it and he's like i don't actually say it anymore and she was like go on he's like all right flame on (laughs) and then ben Grimm is like Finally, we've had, like, a whole issue of no one hitting anything. I get to hit something. It's clobbering time. It is clobbering time. And I, I, I was sitting at my desk, I was like, mm. <laughs> That's fun. Hooting and hollering. I was hooting and a- hollering. Yeah, 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 Um, But, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it, it's a fun comic. And it, it, it is
0: a really good reintroduction for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, absolutely. A, like... It takes itself seriously just enough, but it's still fun. Like, it's not overbearingly gritty or anything. And, yeah, the episodic nature, I think, really helps. And that kind of touch with family, which Scott Lobdell does really well in the third issue, when I think there's a moment where he's tucking his son into bed. Mm. And he,
1: like, sits there and he's like, wow, man. I've got a thousand things I need to be doing right now, but I couldn't think of anything more important than sitting here and watching you sleep.
0: Oh, man. That was nice, and you like you teared up, didn't you? Uh, didn't it know. was beautiful, and like Sue's kind of watching on as well, and she's like, "No, and and she's Reed, like, oh, he, he might, yeah,
1: he's good. He might be a piece of shit sometimes, but he's actually like a really <laughs> yeah. nice
0: father. I love yeah. that. And it's a nice way to kind of wrap up that initial bunch of issues. I guess it's like,
1: yeah, yeah, their family. In amongst all of this, Franklin Richards. Says Kewl a lot. Oh, K e w l. How to instantly date a comic? Yeah. Uh, I was so unsure about how old this kid was. Like, I understand that he's omnipotent and that maybe he would have like a slightly more, um, you know, a better grasp on language than a normal three-year-old. But I was like, Is this kid three? Is he seven? Is he two? Like, I don't. How old are you, Franklin? A bit, yeah. There's a bit in the third
0: issue where Reed does something wrong and Sue's carrying Franklin away. Yeah. And Sue says something and Reed just, like, glosses over it. And Franklin's like, he doesn't get it, does he?
1: Yeah. I'm like, whoa. And then there feels like other times where he's basically like, goo goo gaga, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? What are, what are you? Old are you? <laughs> he's a god baby. <laughs> yeah, he's a god-like being. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good times. Good times. Let's move to the next one. Yeah. That's the, the that's the, like, we haven't done, normally kind of, like, like, we have to jam it in there, but that just came to a nice natural conclusion. Yeah. Hickman! Hickman. So yeah, this is like 10 years later,
0: after the Scott Lobdell run. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so...
1: You love Hickman. <laughs> yeah. It Jonathan... should be known for the... It should be stated for the record, Rowan loves Jonathan Hickman so much. <laughs> yeah. So much. This,
0: um... This comic is one of the first big, long, meaty runs that I kind of sank my teeth into. I think I picked it up when it was kind of midway done and followed it right to the end, to the point where I remember, I don't know if my mum remembers, but I remember reading the last issue at like 11pm at night, and then my mum was still downstairs cleaning, and I went down and I was like, "Mom." Reed just like and Galactus and like oh, and the Council of Reeds.
1: Oh my god! And my mum was like, Oh,
0: okay, M- my son is an insane person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't say a single word just then. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but Jonathan
0: Hickman's basically this guy who is insanely research and continuity focused, but yeah. like, has you, you don't always see it up front, sometimes you do in his writing, but you can see that everything in this comic is so thoroughly researched and there's, like, a hundred graphs behind every panel, basically. And
1: you just know that, like, everything that happening, that's happening, you're like, that is there for a reason. Yeah. That will pay off in 80 issue. Like, yeah. he plays the long game. He does, yeah. So he kind of came to Marvel, a little bit of context, he came to Marvel after doing a few um, image image works, his mm. kind of own creator stuff that he kind of wrote, drew and penciled himself. Um, and he came and he did secret warriors, Mm. um, which was like a Nick Fury in the, in the aftermath of, um, big espionage, but like
0: infused with Marvel science comic
1: in the aftermath of secret invasion where it discovered that everyone was a scroll. This was a kind of like, and it was incredibly well reviewed. People loved it. Yeah. Everyone was like, this is the guy. Yeah. Get on it. And Marvel listened. And they gave him. He did a Dark Reign Fantastic Four little limited run. Yeah. Again, everyone was like, "This, this guy is great. has got the goods." Yeah. And so they handed him Fantastic Four, which I think at that point, like, you'll probably know this a little bit more than I did, but like, you know, like all comics at that point, they were dipping a bit. Like, yeah. And Fantastic Four. You know, they had their kind of their role to play. The last kind of, I guess, one of the previous.
0: Well, the this is post the movie coming out as well, which I think is important to think.
1: Post the movie, it's also post um, Civil War comic, which Mm. they had a, you know, they had a very like, people didn't enjoy the Fantastic Four's role in that. Yeah, well, they were cops. They were cops. Yeah. They famously like Reed Richards became the cop. You know, space cop. Yeah, space cop. Put
0: superheroes in space
1: prison. In space prison. (laughs) And then you know like. Everyone was like, he, we don't like him. Yeah. It was a and weird th- space for them. Totally. But I think coming into this first issue, Hickman's ready to wrestle with that. Like, he's ready to kind of be like, this is a team that means a lot to the history of comics, but has a very kind of touchy, you know, place in amongst a lot of people's hearts. I'm going to wrestle with what their whole deal is. Yeah. And he does it through by focusing in on Reed.
0: On Reed, yeah. This is this, this is, is a, something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm, this this arc is a Reed Richards comic with the Fantastic Four as like good supports, but they're support characters.
1: Absolutely. Um, in terms of this being an entry point, it is. In terms of it, like it, everything you need is there, but it's not. It's. It's, not the, you gotta e- it's not the easiest entry point. Like, yeah. you have to come in... And I think that's also just, again, why we said... Like, that's what Marvel do. Is they don't give... They give you nice entry points, but then you do have to come in kind of done... You had to have done your homework a little bit. Yeah. Like, they won't hold your hand in this. Like, they go straight into one of their, like... It opens with them fighting one of their kind of, like, mainstay villains. Yeah. Um... I can't remember his The wizard. The wizard. Yeah. Which, if you didn't know, you'd be like, the fuck is yeah. this guy? <laughs> and,
0: but the thing is, you don't really need to know his whole deal. No. You need to know that he's, like, an immediate threat, and he kind of, he's smart enough that in his dialogue, he's able to hit read where he's sensitive.
1: Yeah. Which is, how can we fix everything? Without, the...
0: without crossing too many ethical borders. Yeah, which maybe. he'd already done.
1: Like, yeah. I think it's really smart that he did this because he's already, like he's like I said, he's wrestling with this kind of modern history of these comics and of this character being this kind of all-powerful mind who has the ability to fix everything, but, like, you know, at what point...
0: Yeah, he's always held back a little bit by yeah. his humanity. And, like, the this arc, this storyline is called Solve Everything. mm which is great. Great title. And uh, that's basically the premise of the story. Yeah. So, if you've seen, <laughs> if you've watched Rick and Morty. Yes. I uh, like Rick and Morty. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. A bad show. Uh, the Council of wow, Ricks. we really
1: are just trying to, we're trying to piss off those keyboard warriors, <laughs> aren't we?
0: The Council of Ricks is based on this story. Yeah. Which I think is really funny. Like, quite whole cloth. Oh, st- totally. Stolen from this story. But if you
1: asked Justin and... Justin Roiland and and Dan Harmon where you got it, they'd be like, Hickman's run. And then if you're like, do you like Hickman's run? Dan Harmon would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Yeah. Because, like, that's Harmon's shit, you know? Like, incredibly well plotted, incredibly well kind of, like, structured writing yeah. about where insane, everything's there from the start. Insane sci-fi nonsense.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, the premise and the way that they are able to, that Jonathan Hickman is able to explore this uh, kind of intelligence omnipotence in Reed, I guess that's the way to yeah. describe it, um, is by having Reed meet a council of interdimensional versions of himself who have already crossed that border,
1: that next now- line, I guess. Quick question that literally has just come to me. Mm. This is post... um, So, Ultimate Comics. Yeah. You know, a much thornier subject that we will dig into (laughs) another time. Yeah. But I remember that in Ultimate Fantastic Four, Reed Richards of that universe gets tricked into going to the Marvel Zombies universe because he thinks he's... Contacting. This
0: this is post that I believe. It
1: is post that. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I wanted to know.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting touch point.
1: But anyway, a very different story.
0: Yeah. Basically, Reed finds this like big space house full of different versions of himself, which uh, artist Dale Eaglesham kind of has a real fun time putting little Easter eggs, like Marvel Comics Easter eggs, on the page with these different versions of Reed.
1: I like how some have like one is bald but has a long beard. Yeah. <laughs> Another one just has like a mustache. Like yeah. one one describes himself. He's like, no, I'm just a man. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's great.
1: That, yeah, he's like, what powers do you have? And he's like, oh, I'm just Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: just
0: a very smart man. <laughs> yeah,
1: old smart man.
0: Which uh, kind of ties into the like, oh, I'm just a man with warts and all. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, so, basically, the crux of the story is Reed struggling with the time that he's not spending with his family that is being eaten up by the time with the Council of Reeds. Yeah. Who are showing him how much he is capable of when he applies himself, basically.
1: When he removes the last shred of kind of individualistic humanity from himself. Yeah. When he starts focusing on the macro. Yeah. Rather than the micro.
0: And before we kind of really get into this, I kind of want to touch that there are some really good, like, non-read elements of the Fantastic Four in this comic. Yeah. I was talking to you earlier where I said Jonathan Hickman's Johnny Storm.
1: Absolute delight. Oh my god, he absolutely nails him. I also just love that, um, in both of these comics... Ben Grimm is like, I am so depressed, (laughs) and I really don't like my life. And everyone's like, "Oh, Ben! (laughs) All right, Ben! That's our Ben!" And he's like, "No, I'm really upset." And they're like, especially in the Lobdell one, where he's like, he's like, "Guys, we went through a kind of like, I relived my life, but it was (laughs) different. That's really traumatic." And they're like, "Man, Ben, don't worry about it." So he's like, "Man, we do this every week. Don't be such a little..." Bitch. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. I just love it. And then, yeah, so in this one, Johnny Storm gives... He's a fuckboy. He, oh, but he's always a fuckboy, man. But it's great. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the thing bit, you explain it. The He gives the thing a holiday, and it's them going on, like, an intergalactic... Going on a new world. They go on a new world, which is some real don't, fantastic shit. Don't worry about that right now. <laughs> Tough. I know this is Origins and Entry Points, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. And in amongst all this as well, we've got Franklin Richards again. But we've also got—he's a little bit older. He's a little bit older because now we've got um, Valeria Valeria Richards, who's literally two. She says, "I am she's- two, <laughs> yeah." Um, but she's got a big brain. She got a big old brain. Yeah, and so um, I'm trying to think what else happens. Like you've you've kind of nailed like the entire plot. He is presented with this idea of like what the cost of so basically, Celestials attack the celestials Council of Reeds. from the, the hit Marvel movie, uh, Eternals. Eternals. Also in Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Oh, yeah. Also in some other stuff. Big space gods, if you don't know.
1: Big old, like, mean space gods. Yeah. Um, They attack the Council of Reeds because they see it as a bridge to various dimensions that they can conquer. Mm. And it turns into, like, a fairly violent, like... Oh, my God, yeah. Super violent. Yeah. Um... Because they're using... Like, these are the
0: reeds who have conquered the multiverse. Yeah. So they're using, like, infinity gauntlets, literally. Uh, which is fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, Seeing the three
1: of them with, like, infinity gauntlets is really funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. That That's a good panel. And they're, like... There's a reed that is, like, a interdimensional portal. That one of the reeds puts on his infinity gauntlet. And apparently they only work in your native universe. So he yeah. sticks one hand... In his native universe. And then and absolutely
1: destroys... Dest- <laughs> destroys portal, Reed. Yeah. yeah, a whole lot of raids die. Yeah. And then it's at that moment that Reed Richards decides... Our 616 Reed Richards. He gets told, like, that's the job. Yeah. You know, if you want to do this, you have to be ready to give up everything.
0: Yeah. I think... It's interesting because I'm, I'm remembering this part of the comic and it's not totally grim and dark. Like, there is a bit here yeah. where they're like mid under siege from the Celestials. Reed runs back to his dimension and Sue's
1: an full of guns. And soos so out, the, out the front
0: of the door having like a genuine talk, being like, Hey, I know you've got a big brain, but you got to spend some family time. Like, a lot more genuine than how I just said <laughs> it. <laughs> Raids on the other side with his arms full of guns. His
1: stretched arms full of guns. <laughs> Being like, whoop, sorry, dude. You gotta go. <laughs> and then he goes back and they fight and yeah. yeah. And then he comes once he decides, like, once he gets told this is the job, he comes back and he seals the room and destroys the bridge. Yeah, he's like, That's not me. He's I'm like, not that Reed. Yeah, Sue so Storm gets a uh, uh, a tough role in this like In this one, she just has to play, like, naggy wife, which is really annoying. Yeah. She,
0: like, she gets a... She gets a meaty run. She gets better in the latter half of the Hickman run.
1: I know, but it's just, like... It's not a great way to kick her off. No. And it's just frustrating, because, like, when you do have a team like this, if you do decide that you're going to focus on just one... The rest, like it, the rest of the team, does suffer. Like it, there is a there is a tangible kind of lack mm. in the characterization of the rest. Yeah, because then it, at that they point, all kind of become stereotypes of themselves. Well, because they have got it. Because you just don't have the space, yeah, the page space to like devote to any kind of story to them. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's like, there's not really that much to say about it. like a lot of really excellent articles have been written about this run. Yeah. One from Multiversity Comics. Um I have not written about this one. Yeah, no, but you know, I'm just saying the website yeah. that you work for sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but you know, there's a lot of stuff about kind of family matters and you know, the issues surrounding family kind of like Hickman was so dialed into this stuff coming into it that you know, it just totally makes sense that his run lasted as long as it did. Yeah. It's good. It's mm. good comics. Good comics. Some would say the world's... Greatest. Greatest. Yeah, man. But, like, there's not really that much to say, but, like, it's great, the writing's great, the art's fantastic.
0: Yeah, Dagle, Eaglesham, and Colors, I'll bring up in a second. Ta-da!
1: Wow, dead air. Oh, no, we've been left with our pants down. Colors by Paul Mount and
0: letters by Russ Wooten. The colors in this comic... Are- incredible yeah. they like have this kind of very ethereal co- quality like a, a glowiness without that kind of like fake early 2000s glowiness yeah
1: and they're quite soft as well like the the textures of the of the art is like quite soft and
0: yeah it, dale eaglesham is kind of a similar artist to alan davis mm. now that i think about it now. they both kind of have that brushy smooth quality to them i think uh also the way that dale eaglesham
1: draws reed richards hot oh he's a daddy yeah they gave everyone um <laughs> they gave him and johnny storm short sleeves on their suits this time yeah and i, I was love like, that redesign I was like,
0: oh my god look hot, at those arms hot look he's a guy who has complete control over his body hey hey <laughs> look i don't need to say it right hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right
1: yeah but uh but no, there's nothing really that much else to say like it's really good it, like, it is
0: and, but then I think therein lies what I kind of struggled with this comic is that it is a Reed Richards comic. Hmm. At least this part of the Hickman Run. The Solve Everything story is a Reed Richards comic. Yeah. And yeah, while there are good character beats like uh, Johnny Storm talking shit on Spider Man, uh, there are also, yeah, as you said, they're kind of just like stereotype versions of the character.
1: Yeah. But I guess it works. Like I, like we said, he's he's a writer that is incredibly good at seating things, knowing like no no, everything's come like everything's headed the same direction. Yeah, like nothing that he does ever seems there is no rea- fat. On yeah, this there's comment. no fat, and it never seems reactive. Yeah, it's always carefully planned. Yeah, carefully structured. You know exactly. Like, you know that he's thinking about the end. Yeah, you know, like the second he put the pen to paper,
0: yeah he's got the end of his like fifty issue run he's yeah. got the whole thing
1: planned out absolutely yeah, um moving right along phew. I feel like a big wall basically <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's come down off that uh My two <laughs> years <yeah, yeah. laughs> um But, um, yeah, i look these are both really good comics uh joe where where do where do you stand on uh
1: How you would recommend... Well, that's what I talked about. Like, you and I were talking about it before the podcast that it's kind of a hard choice because, like, they're both... There is no clear winner. No, I don't think so. They're both... It's
0: kind of what you want to get out of it.
1: Yeah. It depends. Yeah, it depends what you're looking for. Like, if you're looking for a fun adventure, then Lobdell's run is is
0: fantastic. And no strings
1: attached. Yeah. But if you're looking for a slightly deeper dig into one of the main characters and, you know, his place within the... The, the universe. If you're a
0: person who has watched every single Marvel movie.
1: Like us. <laughs> uh, We're on that drip. <laughs> We're on that drip, baby. Can't wait to see Doctor Strange. I'm actually excited. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> Come on now. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, as,
0: as far as, yeah. Uh, as, as far as the introductory run to the Fantastic Four, I, th- I think I kind of have to give it to... Lobdell.
1: Same. I'm thinking about it in terms of our own parameters as, like, is this an entry point? Yes. Yes. Then it goes to Lobdell.
0: Yeah. And while the Hickman run is an entry point, it it's not...
1: Yeah, it's just playing the longer game. Yeah. Because that's what they were doing back then. I mean, sorry, like, by then. Yeah. You know, you... You were never going to get this kind of, like, level of introspection and kind of deep psychological dive in a mid-90s comics, No. That's not what they were interested in. No. Some, some you do, but not in, like, a mainstream Marvel comic, generally. No, the most kind of, like... And if you were getting a mainstream Marvel, the most would be, like, Daredevil, maybe. But even at that point, like... That's when he had know. armor. Yeah, fuck that. No, it's cool. Is it? Like, it's on that All Netflix right, right no, you're right. Cool. It's cool. It's, no, you're right. It's very cool, and I love it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think I'm going... I'm, 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 I'm headed Lovedell. Yeah.
0: Like there there are faults in the comic. It of it's course. a product of its time.
1: Like there are But we haven't read season. a perfect comic yet. Yeah. And we won't. Yeah. Eh. Unless we do Scott Pilgrim. Hey. Mm. Hey. It's
0: like it's good.
1: Yeah. I haven't I read it in high school. Have you not read it since? No. I read it once a year. Good for you. It's the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. I'm I'm crashing real bad, so <laughs> I think let's go to one. <laughs> Moving perfect panel. right on,
0: one perfect funnel. What uh, do you got? My.
1: Do you want to get, do mine first?
0: Yeah, you, you probably have it
1: Um You nerd. Mine is this one that I really, really loved. It has nothing to do with the the Fantastic Four. Oh, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's never touched on again. No, it's really fun. It's so it's in the second issue of the Lobdell run. They head over to Empire State University where the you know the story goes into the animal labs where the um the super apes are. But the first panel is this kind of like horizontal panel and it just has Spider-Man <laughs> swinging away. It's just got his the back to him in a perfect Spider-Man pose and he says, "I'm late. I'm late. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late." And they never touch on it again. And I love it. And it's the, it made me think like, that would be what it like, you know, you look at the, that's what like comics can do that the movies can never do. Yeah. Is like, cause that would cost a fortune. for. Totally. And they would never do it that like, it would, if he, if Spider-Man turned up as a cameo, it would be oh cameo. Yeah. He'd have some blah blah blah. but yeah. like what be I really like the back of him, what I really want is for a character to just be like, To exist is to just exist and to swing past and for I don't know Clint Barton to be like oh Spider Man, and then to move on (laughs) like, and it just it made me giggle so much.
0: That's the interconnectivity that the movies just will
1: never be able to do because money. No, because they can't do it. Like they want it to, and it's weird because it's the thing that, like at its heart, that's what they're trying to do. Is be like, look, it's all connected. Like they can pop up at any time. Like no, but they don't just pop up. They like. They're just there. They just exist yeah. in this world. Yeah, but anyway. So then, my second one. Or oh, what? No, what have you got?
0: Uh, from that run, mm-hmm. it's got to be the point that I touched on earlier, where he's tucking little Frankie into bed, and I will read it. I will do my best. Read Richard's impression. Oh, great.
1: <laughs> oh, you got all bad. You've gone. Rowan just went beetroot red. Everyone, he has gone uh, so red. Although I lack
0: all the empirical data to make such a statement, I am relatively certain that I am the happiest man on the planet. As he tucks, as he tucks his son into bed, his darling son and his darling wife is looking on from afar, going,
1: oh man, what a good guy. You read that with, I would, I would say zero emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's the bit,
0: right? That's the read bit. Um, but yeah, it's great.
1: It is good. So, um, what is
0: your Hickman choice?
1: My Hickman choice is another Spider-Man thing. Hell it's yeah. Johnny Storm saying, <laughs> Absolutely trashing Spider-Man him. sucks.
0: <laughs> when Franklin really wants to get Spider-Man around for his birthday, Johnny Storm just negs the shit just out of him. Just negs the
1: shit out of him and says, Listen, I'm going to tell you this because no one else will, Franklin. Spider-Man sucks. <laughs> and, and then that...
0: he goes on for a little bit.
1: Yeah, but this is one perfect panel. Not so, one per- yeah. perfect page. Where- you got to pick the panel. <laughs> I know, but I just wanted to follow up that the next panel is Franklin with cereal
0: all over his mouth saying, You suck, suck face.
1: Yeah, suck face is a funny one. It is good. Um, also on the panel above it, Johnny is... Jacked! <laughs> Look at him! <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoulders for day. you got a row to grow. Um. Think about so, it. I-, I suppose mine is
0: the... The serious. Once again, I'm you're I'm the serious, serious one Rowan today, uh, where it's, it's that's what I call panel. you often.
1: Oh, it's, it's the three of them. It's
0: the three alternate Reeds all holding up in each in their hands a complete infinity gauntlet, mm-hmm. and it, I think that's kind of the point of the comic. Where you're like, oh man, he's going there. Yeah,
1: he's like, what has Reed got himself into <laughs> now? Yeah. Um, I really enjoy that they all just have like slightly different hair. Um, <laughs> he's just a man. He's just a man. <laughs> and that one of the ones with the um infinity gauntlet also has like a sword and he's like medieval reed. Yeah. And I really like that a lot. It's goofy. They're- like this oh, is a- it's a goofy comic. Totally. They're a goofy team. Yeah. Comics are goofy everyone. And they rule. They fucking rule and I love them a lot. Yeah man. I really think they're cool. Yeah I love comics. I love comics. Anyway, guys, we're pressing issues. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up there, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We've been going for like, what, like five hours? Yeah, Um, I I have not been checking the big clock. No. Cohen is once again. We need Cohen back in the (laughs) room. Dad's away. Dad's away again. And we're uh, off the leash. Have you got anything to plug? You were briefly back on the social media for a moment. I was. Literally just to plug this this podcast to get it off the ground, and now I'm back off social media because it's the devil. But anyway, follow us on social media. Yeah, uh, you can,
0: I can definitely say now, you can follow us at... Uh, let me
1: just check my phone. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I changed the Twitter handle, and I can't remember what I changed it to.
1: Just look up Pressing Issues. You'll find oh, us.
0: at Pressing Pod. Pressing Pod. <laughs> Pretty good. And then uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Pressing Issues Podcast. mm mm-hmm. um, And if you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can email us at Pressing Issues Podcast at
1: gmail.com. I don't know why you would email us, if not only just to be like, hello. Feedback. Feedback as well. Yeah, we'll take feedback. Yeah. We are actually looking. We are always kind of looking to improve. We don't know what we're doing still. Yeah. But you know, any help would be appreciated. Yeah. Um, let us know. Yeah, anyone else we got to thank? Uh, Cohen. Cohen, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Cohen, in this in this great studio. Yeah. Um, thank that you for song. for writing and recording our theme song. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: You're about to hear it. You're about to hear it for, again. For those that listen to the podcast only so they can get the la-
1: the first and the last twenty seconds, <laughs> get ready. Get ready. All right. <laughs> Next week we're no sorry in two weeks you'll be hearing us talk about. <sighs> Avengers. The Elon Musk team of superheroes, as described <laughs> by Gene. The Avengers. The Avengers. Get Earth's into it, everyone. mightiest hero. Yeah, baby. Um, we're still tossing out what that will be, but we're thinking probably it'll definitely be Bendis' new Avengers run. And
0: possibly also the Kurt music, the other hero's return, kind of the... No, reborn was. Oh, return returned. was. Heroes return yeah, yeah, yeah. by Kurt Music.
1: Anyway, you'll you'll hear it. We'll do it. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. We love, love you. Love you.